as a little child, so we could come to you, God, as broken people, only to live a life and die on a cross for our sins and rise again. And so, God, we come now. Father, thank you that you sent your son, and we bow before you as our king. Thank you for this night of celebration and remembering, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Good to see you. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> My gosh, isn't that great? Yeah. So we hope you have a, a great weekend, and uh, it's a weekend of celebration and chance to gather as God's people and sing and enjoy music. Isn't that beautiful music? Christmas music. It's the time of the year you go into secular places, and they're playing Christian music. <laughs> like, this is crazy. And what a great time of the year to celebrate and uh, enjoy together. So thanks for coming. Good to be a part. Yeah. yeah. You know, we yeah. also, there's all those, those crazy Christmas games that come out at your house. Do you have any of those? And so we've been playing one at my house. My boys got introduced to it last night. It's a little game of world domination uh, called Risk. Woo! Yeah, there we go. That we played till far too late last night because I had to prove my dominance over their kingdoms. And so, <laughs> yeah, Christmas is a great time to be with families and, and to hang out and to celebrate what we've been singing about tonight, that there is something far bigger going on in the world that God is doing, that He's always been doing, that we celebrate the pinnacle of when it comes to Christmas. And that's that Christ has come to pay for our sins, make a way for us to be in relationship with God and to dwell with Him forever and have peace in this life and blessing into eternity. And so we want to celebrate that tonight. Yeah, we are so eager to share with you God's love and grace and the hope of eternal life and a new beginning and the defeating of the things that, that hold us. This world can be so hard and, and so troubling and so difficult. And Jesus came to set us free, it says, that we can live in a way uh, that we rejoice and enjoy life. And, and God is on the move. You know, even in the hard days, and this has been a tough year in our world, we know that, and, and, but even in the hard days, God is on the move. In fact, through those days, He's drawing people to Himself, inviting people into a relationship with Him, and that is the hope of the world, that God wants to know us personally and us know Him. Yeah, so we're going to celebrate the coming of Christ. We're actually going to start looking at Luke 1 and 2, and we're going to be preaching the book of Luke through Easter this year. And so this is kind of the start of that. And we're going to look at what the Bible has to say to us about Christ coming. And particularly tonight, we're going to look at Zechariah's prophecy in Luke chapter 1. And Zechariah was the father of John the Baptist. And uh, this is after he gets to talk again, after he had a miraculous baby that God had talked about. And then he begins to celebrate all that God is doing through the coming Christ. And this is what he says in verse 68. He says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for He has visited and redeemed His people, and He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of His servant David, as He spoke by the mouth of His holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our Father, to remember His holy covenant the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. Yeah, I want us to feel the weight of that uh, prophecy and that celebration of Zechariah, that he is saying that God 
has had a plan to draw people to himself throughout all history. That this has been going on for millennia, that God is building a people and that he is providing a way of salvation of people who have gone their own way back to him. Even in Genesis, when we see in Genesis 3 where Adam and Eve rebelled against God and broke his principles and believed their way was better than his and suffered the consequences of that, immediately you see in Genesis 3.15 that God is making a plan to pay for that sin and to draw them back to him. And we tend to see in this troubled world sort of all kinds of random events that are coming against us that are difficult to manage, but we want to know and understand that God is always at work. He's always working in and through those difficult things to bring people to himself. I mean, it's been a tough year. We've had a bad stock market year. We've had intense winter weather this Christmas. 10,000 flights have been canceled here in the last couple of days. Some of you are still trying to get loved ones into town, right? I heard that as you were coming in tonight. It's been tough. Ongoing wars around the world, but God is saying, in and through it all, I'm doing a good thing. Trust me, rest in me, and see that I won't come through. And Zechariah wants us to know that God is a God who fulfills his promises. God is faithful. That's what he's pointing out to us in, in this prophecy. He mentions Abraham. We can look back at Genesis 12, 1 through 3, where God promised Abraham, I'll make you into a great nation, I'll take you into a land, and there's going to be your offspring, there's going to be someone to come from your offspring that is going to bless the whole world. And, and Zechariah is saying, this is happening now with Christ. This is the one from who, for who we looked forward to. We see this also as he mentions David, when David in 2 Samuel 7, 12 through 14, he got this prophecy from God that his kingdom would be established forever and one of his sons would sit on that throne forever. And Zechariah is saying, this guy, Jesus, that's coming, it's him. He's the one. God is faithful to his promises and we need to look to him in this season of uncertainty. Yeah, so build our, our lives. Let's build our lives not on the uncertain things of this world, but on a God who has made promises and given us his word and will always come through for us. And in fact, he says what he is doing is, is, a, is a message that is of salvation that transforms people, that transforms our hearts, that changes things from bad to good, from darkness to light, the scriptures say, as we believe. Luke chapter 1 that we read, 74 and 75, says we are delivered that we might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And so God is inviting everybody in this room into something brand new. Transform, we call it real life transformation here at Risen Life, but into a, a new life. He wants to take a people for his own and do a miracle in their lives that give them a life of, of blessing. I, I don't know how you feel, but sometimes I just really want a do-over in a year, you know? Like, like, can I just do this, or this day, or this week? Could I just have a, a do-over? You ever, ever had something occur in your life, I'm sure you have, where you just wish you could kind of like erase it off the whiteboard as if it never happened? But God says he'll come and he'll cleanse us and wash us new and give us a new beginning. He is doing uh, a life of transformation, a work of transformation in our hearts. Yeah, we kind of love to start over every January 1st, right? Make those New Year's resolutions. And guess what happens about two years into that? Well, we're still the same person with the same problems, right? And so this is what God is offering us in Christ is that 
is actually a transformation of our heart and our soul and our mind from someone who is running from God, scared of God, in our sin, to someone who is a God follower, who loves Him, and is holy and accepted and at peace with God. That's what the gospel is about. And so God is in the business of giving us new beginnings, and it starts with this Christmas story. (laughs) This is where the new beginning actually begins, when Christ comes to our world as a baby. You know, we have all of our favorite Christmas movies that we like to talk about, and in fact, this last couple months, I was when I was in Guatemala, we were watching Elf together. I don't know why we chose Elf, but I love Elf, right? It's this great, funny Christmas movie, and everybody's just got to believe enough so that Santa's sleigh can go, but this story of Christ is so much bigger than that. There's so much hope to be found in what God is doing. Yeah, there's a lot of characters, Elf or Grinch or Scrooge or in Home Alone, Kevin, you know, like Kevin <laughs> always shows up in movies. He's never really the best guy usually. He just but changed his name. Th- yeah, <laughs> that's right. But anyway, God is at work in and through this story in one person, and that's the person of Jesus Christ. And all of history is focused on this person, from the Old Testament pointing to the coming of the Messiah to now as we hear the story of Jesus coming to earth, that all of history is about him and he will come again and he will reign forever and ever. And we want to just stop and, and think about this, that this is, it's about him. Don't miss it. Like to just go through Christmas and hear the stories but not think about this is it. This is the story of history and react to it with our hearts in submission to him. Yeah, and that story, as we know, begins with this young woman, Mary, who's kind of minding her own business right there in Luke 26, 1, 26 through 38. And then an angel of the Lord comes to her and she's a little bit scared and begins to explain his purposes and tells her, you're going to be the father or you're going to be the mother. That would be even a weirder story, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to be the mother of this coming son. And then the angel says this about this coming son, Luke 1, 32. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. He'll reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. That's quite a child, right? That's a good bumper sticker you could throw on your car. My son's kingdom has no end. Um, But she's a little apprehensive, and yet in her faith she says, I am a servant of the Lord, and I'll do whatever you have for me, right? She takes God at his word, and believes what he is doing to remake the world, transform lives, transform nations, to be followers of Christ and in relationship with God. And then it says in Luke 2 that, that he was born in a manger, humble, lowly, manger, God in human flesh. King of kings now become a man. So that we can approach him and he's accessible to us and we can come and find help. He says, come to me, uh, you who are tired, and you will find rest for your soul. He comes in a manger to bring us peace, it says in Luke 2.14, that in this troubled world where there is this uh, longing for peace, it is found in Jesus when we give our lives to him. There may not be peace out around us, right, in our world, or even in our family, or even in our marriages and homes, but there is peace in our hearts when we uh, give our lives to Jesus. He says to us. And so we want to be people who look at Christ and see that he, is, that he is full of grace and truth, gentle and lowly, kind, gracious to us, 
but also who speaks the truth to us. And as we respond to him, uh, he is honored and glorified in our lives. Yeah, the, the angels in Luke 2.10, you know, they said this. They said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. So in these couple chapters we have here in the gospel of this great eternal king that's coming, God in human flesh, who brings peace and joy, right, for all people. So we're, it's including all of us in this story. This is for all of us that we would be God's children. This is why Jesus came. Peace and joy and hope and forgiveness of sins, as we'll see. That's what he's inviting us into. In fact, this, you know, the gospel is really, we were created for God. In Genesis 1 and 2, God created Adam and Eve to dwell in a special place with him in the garden, to be in an unbroken relationship, to experience his blessing, his joy, all the great things of who God is, they were to enjoy day by day. That's how God created us for. That's our highest longing as human beings is to be in relationship with God, whether we know it or not. And yet the Bible goes on to say that we broke this as we fell into sin. Adam and Eve heard the, the snake in the garden that deceived them and said, you know what, God's not the best God. You'd actually make a better God. And he, he wanted them to take God off the throne of their life and to put themselves there. And we see where that gets us. We see that all over our world, friends and family, on the TV. When we, put, when we make ourselves God, it's, we're not good gods. And our sin, because we did that, separated us from God so that we no longer had relationship with Him. In fact, Romans 3.23 says, We have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And this is why we feel brokenness in our world, because we've gone our own way, right? And it... it Putting anything else at the center, putting anything else as the governing principle of our lives other than God, other than Jesus, leads us into all this suffering. The Bible warns us that it will lead us to that, and sure enough. And so we experience sickness and death and strife and wars and broken relationships. And even as people who long to do well in life, we bring this sinful part of us up against each other and we bump into each other and aggravate each other and annoy each other and hurt each other and we end up in these really difficult places. And, and we're going to experience this tomorrow, right, as we gather as families. As much as we want everything to be perfect and the day to be wonderful and everybody to get along, it isn't going to be the case, right? <laughs> we all know this because we, are, we bring this broken side, this, this sinful part of it. In fact, we just had our, our staff Christmas party this uh, last week, you know, and, 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 and we're devout Christians. We want to serve Christ and be kind and be good, but I always count it kind of a miracle when the 12 of us get together for a party and we actually get along well. But we did this <laughs> we year. We did this year. We it's did. A, it was a really good. Miracle. And what a blessing. And that's God's grace <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to us. So. Yeah. yeah. So, and this is part of the reason I think why we feel so let down after the holidays, too. Sometimes our, you know, our world sells us this thing with different Christmas movies and whatever about the magic of Christmas, and we kind of set aside all the, the painful and hurtful things in our life, but as, as soon as it's all gone, guess what? It's back to that job that I don't like so much with the boss that I don't get along with, the kids that are hard to deal with, the friends and family with medical problems and broken relationships, and so our sin just comes right back, right? All of our sin bumping into each other, here it comes right back and we feel empty and without hope. And yet the coming of Christ says there's a way to have hope, a way to have peace, and a way to have joy even in the midst of all the hard things of life. Yeah, the, the remedy to our brokenness and our broken 
world is the gospel, is Christ coming and dying for us. This is why Jesus came, to bring us back to God, to get us on a path walking with him that is a path of blessing. It says in Romans 5, 8 that God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even though we were going away from him, even though we were doing it our way, God loved us so much he sent his son to bring us back into a relationship with him because he loves us. He loves us no matter what we do. And it's not the weird world love that, like, you've got to act in a certain way and then I'll love you, right? This is what we feel all the time from the world. Behave certainly like this way and then you'll be loved. No, God loves us even when we were going 100 miles an hour the other way. God doesn't create a naughty and nice list and he loves those that are nice and doesn't like those that are naughty. He loves everybody no matter what they've done and what they are doing. He loves us and he sent his son to show us that. And so God is always extending his arms toward us. He's always reaching out toward us to invite us into a relationship with him. Yeah, in fact, as we look at the book of Luke, Luke 19.10 talks a lot about kind of the purpose of what Luke wants us to get out of this, and it's this. He says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That's Christ's purpose in coming. In fact, when you think about that, that baby coming, he's actually coming for the naughty list, okay? And we're all on the list. He comes as a baby, the, the king of all, everything ever created, the king of the universe comes as a baby, to come and save the lost. And so he is approachable and wants to engage with us on our levels. Jesus came for you. I I want you to hear that in this story. Jesus came for you. All the nations, all the peoples, he came for you. You are in this story. When it says he came for the world, that's me and you and everybody in this room. And so we want to face the reality of this story tonight that the cross is the remedy for our sin. You know, often we live in sin and shame and loneliness and guilt and depression, being unsettled, anxious about what's coming up, and yet God says we can have peace through Christ. And He puts us on a pathway back to Himself through Christ, His Son, who came for that very purpose. And so He offers us a new and a transformed life. And He says... I love Mary, she's, she's pondering all of this, and she goes, nothing is impossible with God. No matter what your past is, no matter what you've been through, no matter what your challenge is today and what you're facing in the future, the Bible says nothing is impossible with God. God is a God of miracles, he's a God of power, he's a God of healing, he's above depression, he's above anxiety, he is above sin, and he's above sickness He can bring healing to all those places. And he offers us a new life in him. He says, anyone who is in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, is new. They're a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. We saw last Sunday, we saw 15 baptisms here on our stage. Actually, it was up out here in front of us. People of different nationalities, people of all different ages, people of all different backgrounds and various challenges and struggles and battles, and all of them said that Jesus was the answer to getting them on a path of walking in blessing. Yeah, so the question for us is tonight is, you know, looking, looking at this passage, are we going to believe, right? You kind of get these two examples of belief in these first two chapters of Luke. Zechariah, here's what God is going to do with his wife and give her a a baby in her old age who will be John the Baptist, and he's a little like, I don't know about this God, a little worried, and yet he believes what God is doing, and yet Mary, when she hears that she's going to have a baby as a virgin, she says, okay, God, I believe. I believe you can do it. 
And God is asking us tonight, do you believe that I can transform your life, make you holy, righteous, bring peace to your heart, bring joy into your soul? Do you believe that God can do that in your life? And if you do, then you say, Jesus, you're Lord, and I want to follow you with all that I am. Yeah, he invites every one of us to give our lives to him. That's why he came into the world, and he came in the world that we would have peace in our hearts, that when we accept him, he says we will have the peace of God. We are justified by faith, Romans 5.1 says, and therefore we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. To live a life of peace, walk with Jesus. Give your life to him. So that's our invitation to you. If you want to come and follow Jesus, you let us know. But as we sing this song, respond to him. If you've never asked him to be Lord of your life, then do that tonight. Make this a Christmas you won't forget by inviting the king of the universe into your heart who can bring peace and joy and transform your life in ways you've never thought possible. We heard it last week. Fifteen people all said, Jesus changed my life. And some of them it took ten years, right? But God can do it. Nothing is impossible of God. And he came to seek and save those of us that are hurting yeah. and need him. And so we invite you to make him Lord tonight. Yes. Let's sing together Silent Night and we'll pass a candlelight. <laughs>